everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and shocked because I didn't say anything stupid right before we started like I normally do. Tara's here too. Greetings citizens. <laughs> Look, you're, Tara's had a long day. I'm being nice and I'm not. I'm, in, I'm intentionally trying not to be a prick tonight. No, I'm not, I'm not going to make any promises and say that it's definitely not going to happen because sometimes when a softball is thrown... It's hard not to hit the ball, right? It's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. But I'm going to do my best. Did you just best. make a sport analogy? <laughs> do you know what the funny thing is? I feel like the only sport analogies I ever make are baseball related. Or, I mean, softball's basically the same thing, <laughs> right? Right? Despite the fact that it's a sport that I should not be making references to. Yeah, I say out of left field all the time. I see that I, I say... You know, not in the same <laughs> ballpark. You know, there's a lot of things I say that come from baseball, despite the fact that I should not know anything about baseball. Regardless, we talk about sci-fi movies on this show. It's a sci-fi movie podcast, and mm-hmm. on this episode, we are we ta- are nerds, and there will be no sports talk. <laughs> yes, I promise, no sports talk. This episode is the winner of last month's Patreon vote every month over at patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons at the $5 tier and up vote between four films and the vote for this time was four sci-fi movies from the 1930s. So it won't be the next vote, but the idea is that we'll do a 40s vote and maybe a month or two's time and, you know, every you know every couple of months come back and do the next decade and kind of like a nice, nice broad spectrum. Basically, Tara said, I want to do an old movie and I said, well, let's put a vote for an old decade then. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's how this was born. So, yeah, so The Invisible Man was the winner of that vote. Uh, it beat out Things to Come, it beat out King Kong, and it beat out Flash Gordon was the other one. So I'm surprised. I I really thought King Kong would win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I love Invisible Man, so I, <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> I love King Kong, too. I did enjoy King Kong, but I, I, I am certainly not complaining. I mean, I've already given away how I feel about it. I mean, well, at least I loved it beforehand. It's been a while since I watched it. Maybe my opinion's changed on this viewing. We'll find out. But the original Invisible Man from 1933, directed by James Whale, uh, of course, is about uh, a mad scientist by the name of Jack Griffin who has made himself invisible. And that is not even a spoiler because he's already invisible when the movie starts. Like, it's this mm-hmm. that's backstory. And, of course, he is going a bit more mad as time goes on and uh, hijinks will ensue and that is all i'll say and spoiler free uh, we'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers and get into the other plot stuff but i think we can very quickly just go straight into it tara how do you feel about the invisible man i liked it <laughs> <laughs> had you seen it before uh yes i'd seen it before i think i've seen all the monster movies before universal monster films mm. um just because eventually they would play on like Turner Classic Movies or something, and I would catch it as a kid. Uh, when you say you've seen uh, it was them all, familiar. and I remember I read the book in school. Oh really? So I think we watched it as a class too. When you say you've seen them all, the all the Universal monsters, I assume you just mean the original ones and not all the sequels to all the various monsters, because there's a lot That's of those. True. There's yeah. a lot. I've never yeah. seen like Son of Frankenstein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of them, but I haven't seen all of them. Unfortunately, the ones that I think are more interesting from what I've heard are the ones I've not seen, bizarrely. <laughs> I've seen the, the dull mm. ones. Uh, I've seen Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein's really good. Oh, yeah, but every, I mean, I think you always count that in with the originals because, hell, even my box set, which is just the originals, still has Bride of Frankenstein in it. That's true. So, um, you, oh, 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 I, I, that was almost a disaster. I almost knocked over, I almost feel bottled water. 
uh, it was all ready to be uh, anarchy. Anarchy, I tell you. Uh, but uh, we're going to get into this movie. And I, I love Invisible Man. Invisible Man, I'll say it right now, is my favourite of the Universal Monsters. Uh, I like it more than Frankenstein. I like it more than Dracula. Um, and I definitely like it more than The Mummy and Wolfman because I think those are actually both kind of weak. But <laughs> Did um, the director for this one direct Frankenstein also? Did I see that? Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you like James Whale. Yeah, <laughs> James Whale's mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, so, no, I love it. I think it's got a really great sense of humor. I think Claude Rains as the Invisible Man is delightful. His laughter, his voice is... And it's only his voice he's got to work with for a lot of the movie. Uh, yeah is is fantastic he he energizes the room <laughs> with a tech issue that i have no idea what i was saying before the tech issue happened so um just i, I think I, I, was was, I was saying that it's a good thing that claude reigns is easy to understand <laughs> oh sure yeah i never heard any of that that never came through no at one all. like tom so. hardy isn't playing him or something you know that would be a disaster <laughs> I think, I think it would be an interesting film, but it'd be a very different <laughs> type of film. Or like Vin Diesel just grumbling his way through. <laughs> Is this the I am Groot version of Invisible Man? <laughs> I am I am Invisible Man. I am Invisible Man. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we'll get into the plot, obviously, spoilers. I just, there's, there's a couple of things I want to mention. So, there was an NRA screen at the start of this. Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed this after the Universal logo. Oh, yeah. I noticed it. Yeah, I, I don't was... Know what that means. I was taken aback by that. Um, I don't think it's because I, I if I was to assume something, and I'm just pulling this out of my ass, I would assume that it's got nothing to do with the film itself, and it's more to do with Universal, the company, having some sort of deal with the NRA at the time. Yeah, I suppose it has to be the same NRA, right? There was definitely <laughs> it gu- stand for something else. There, there was definitely guns in the the, the image, the, the logo they had. I'm sure it looked like firearms. Oh, I think there's an eagle. I don't know. What's weird is though is the film's like set entirely in the UK, so it's really weird if if that is the NRA that we're thinking of. That's a really strange movie to put that on. I. I it totally caught me off guard. I meant to look it up, but <laughs> yeah, very, very, very odd. Uh, very odd. Also, I want to talk about inflation for a minute because uh, early on in the movie, there's a price given given for something, and I nearly like fell out my seat at how cheap it sounded to me <laughs> because basically they're they're going to charge uh, the Invisible Man because he's staying in a room at this like sort of like uh, bar hotel kind of you know this little sort of house bed and breakfast kind of thing, and he's been staying there, and we find out that he's been there for like a week and they've been serving him food every day he's been staying there for a week and they've been serving him food every day uh maybe even two weeks actually because i think they said his his rent's delayed from last week as well and they're only charging him three pounds ten three pounds ten to put that in perspective of what that is now that wouldn't even buy you like a snack at the movie theater now three pounds ten it wouldn't even (laughs) i even i mean it would maybe get you a bag of chips as in you know as in uh as in like uh, steak fries, yeah, uh, Americans would call them, like from the chippy. You'd, you'd get a large bag of those for three pounds ten, and that's what you'd get for three pounds ten. Not bed and breakfast for a week. <laughs> I mean, a bag of fresh potato 
versus two weeks rent. That's a pretty tough. Those are about equal. Uh huh. Uh huh. I was just. I mean, obviously, inflation is a thing, but I, I don't think I realized it was that that stark from nineteen thirty uh, three. Yeah, sorry. we often joke about it when we would do our reviews of uh, the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is even more than that, and that, this, this is because this is like right after the the depression. I mean. Yeah, the 30s, and it it takes place in the 30s, unlike the book. I think the book takes place earlier. Yeah, it seemed like the 30s anyway, because it was cars and shit, so it seemed 30s, Mm. 30s 30s-esque. And plus, there was like a radio broadcast at one point, so I'm sure if... if, if, Yeah, and also just what the the female lead was wearing was very 1930s. I'll take your word for it. I... (laughs) Uh, That that could have literally been 100 years prior, for all I knew, what she was wearing. (laughs) Oh no, no corset. <laughs> fair point, fair point. I was not paying attention to the corset. This, this is, this is true. Uh, so no, so that that price really stuck out to me. Of its time. Mm. Uh, as as are the, some of the police helmets they're going around in, uh, the big bulky pointy helmets, which all the policemen have such great faces in the movie. <laughs> this is a, this is a film of great faces. There's one Great guy. Mustache. Yeah, there's a guy towards the end with the mustache with the really sort of thin bits at the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not quite handlebars; it's different than that. It's just, it's like it's like it's like styled differently. It's like it goes out to the points, but the mm-hmm. points then have this little extra styled bit that's like a thin line. It's hard to describe. It's almost like it's got like a little uh, braid at the end of each side of the the mustache. Yeah, there's a lot of great stashes. A lot of great stashes. Yes. Um, uh, a lot of screaming women in this as well only really two characters to be honest but they, they both scream a lot uh the the landlady at the the, the bed and breakfast uh screams sometimes justifiably don't get me wrong and sometimes not so justifiably but it's always a very loud shriek uh of, yeah. of comical proportions um and then uh flora uh very unfortunate name uh the sort of love interest for the invisible man uh, she How is that co- unfortunate? Flora? I've never heard the name before. It sounds kind of silly to me. Oh. <laughs> Flo- so it sounds like a it sounds like a, a brand of margarine. Flora. Yeah. Is that? Oh, a- I think like like flora and fauna. You know, just type of um, like vegetation, but like something that flowers i'm sure this is a brand of uh flora is a brand of buttery spread sold in the uk <laughs> yes <laughs> idea idea wasn't mad also czech republic Slovakia, ireland finland sweden spain poland portugal south africa hong kong singapore sri lanka uh, marit martis i don't even know what that is new zealand and australia <laughs> there you go okay i, I so knew <laughs> This bar. This is cheap. It's a cheap low fat bar. Alright. Well I was thinking more like flowers, which is kinda of interesting because she's played by Gloria Stewart, who it plays Rose <laughs> in Titanic. The new Another Titanic flower name. The old lady? Yeah. Huh. I, I, well I didn't recognize her. She's like sixty years younger. <laughs> Oh my god, I know. They're like totally opposite ends of her life. <laughs> this was actually like really close to the original Titanic, like the actual ship Titanic. <laughs> yeah. 
she probably wasn't born though. It's, it's probably just enough time. It's about twenty years. Uh, mm, yeah, probably she was probably around like eighteen or something when she did this movie. Yeah, so so she's probably not quite old enough to be around there. But she 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 wasn't conceived long after the Titanic. Like it was close. Mm-hmm. It was close. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I never I never knew her name, uh, the actress's name, so I never would have pieced <laughs> that together. So that is actually very interesting that this is the old lady from Titanic. Uh, I would never ever have have caught that. Yeah, I think these are her two most famous movies. Just just one big role at the start, one big role at the end. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe she became Hollywood royalty for a bunch of films that I've never seen. But let's click on her. Let's, let's see what's her most known roles. Number one is Titanic. Number two is The Invisible Man. Number three is The Old Dark House from 1932, and then The Three Musketeers from 1939. That sounds notable. Mhm. So it's notable. So, oh, I, I, honestly, she—I mean—is she good in this movie? Not really. Her character doesn't really have anything to do, other than shriek occasionally and just be the the over the over the top damsel, who's always like high strung. Yeah, this movie's just about one person, really. Yeah, like, I, you know, like I think there's a couple of faults in the movie for sure that you can that you can dive into if you want to, but ultimately what it's good at what it's focuses on is very good at like right very yeah. good at i agree it's uh it, it's a lot more fun than the other universal monster movies mm-hmm. and the tone of it is almost kind of strange because it is so comical and it but it does get really dark you know people do die in the film yeah it's bordering on comedy but it, i think it skirts the line it's kind of like do you know what, there's actually there's a scene at one point where it didn't it wasn't quite a POV but it was it was almost like the I, I don't even know if POV even existed up until this point in cinema like it may not have happened yet mm-hmm. um, but there was a scene where because they were kind of following where he was walking but he was invisible where it almost felt like a like a like you know the opening scene from Halloween where it was you know it was the POV of the killer going like from one area to the next and it kind of like summed up what this movie kind of is to me is that it, it's kind of an early example of one of those movies where you follow the serial killer you don't follow the victims or the, the police or whatever you follow the serial killer like the maniac remake or uh maybe even something like henry portrait of a serial killer but the difference here is is that uh, claude rain's character has such a whimsy about him that it ha- mm-hmm. it turns it into a black comedy it turns it into where we're kind of laughing i mean his laugh is so contagious <laughs> it is it's great um, there's, a, there's a sense of humor to it uh, unlike those movies so it's not disturbing even though mm-hmm like you know, it should be terrifying there's a reason why the new one coming out next year um which i think is more of a straight up horror movie so it may be more of a screams than an, an ace episode um is that was that going to be done by blumhouse yes yeah, blumhouse uh, lee wannell who uh wrote the insidious films but more specifically directed the third one is going to direct it and it's elizabeth moss uh who's in it and it's her, her boyfriend, her abusive ex-boyfriend, who everyone thinks is dead, is actually now just invisible. Um, so it's, it's a straight up, he's going to like torment her kind of movie from the sounds of it. So, uh, what well, sounds like a fine take on the Invisible Man because it's not like they're just remaking this one. It's like no, no, here's here's the horror of like someone who's awful being invisible, kind mm. of thing. Uh, which I suppose in a way is kind of what they did with Hollow Man. Uh, but Ho- Hollow Man was very back and forth in terms of its quality i'd say like there's some stuff to like in that movie there's a lot not to like there's a lot to like in that movie though 
Is this, is this a comment on what may or may not be Kevin Bacon's penis? Yep. <laughs> I mean, it may be really his penis, but I don't want to like break your, your, your hopes and dreams here, but there's a good chance it wasn't really his. <laughs> you know, I, I take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wanted dear. to know that I'm grateful. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're vegan, Tara. You're not supposed to be wanting bacon. <laughs> that. that joke sit there for a second. <laughs> well, no, the movie's really good. Um, and I, I think the concept of an invisible man is interesting enough that you can go dark with it, you can go silly with it, you can do a number of different things, and all, all the different tones have been tried over the years. I think it's very interesting that the very first attempt was this this tone and this style. And mm-hmm. I would I would hasten to guess that the reason for that actually may in part be uh, the limitations of what they could do at the time with this, the special effects. And don't get me wrong, they're actually they pretty... really good. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> solid for the most part. Like, I mean, they have yeah. that kind of old-timey look to it where you can kind of see the matte lines around things, but, like, mm-hmm. it looks good for its time. I was surprised that they were as good as they were, though, for this time. Yeah, absolutely. And the scene that stuck out to me, at one point he describes, like, some of the things that he can't do. Um, he says, mm-hmm. oh, he can't go out if it's, like, say, raining because the water will hit off him. And I thought... That sounds like an amazing visual, but obviously there's no way they were going to be able to do that at the time. But yeah. they bring it up. Like, no, no, we thought of this. We thought of like you know him going outside in certain conditions that would kind of reveal his location. Yeah, he can't go out in fog because he would just look like a a blob or something in the in yeah, the fog. Yeah, you see like a humanoid kind of shape, kind of walking through the fog. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, that sounds really creepy too. Yeah, maybe the new one will do some some. And of he this lives stuff. in London, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but it's not a fog. Maybe the new one will do some of this stuff. Maybe that'll be kind of their homage to the original. Is uh, maybe taking some of those ideas that they clearly thought of, but it'll be can't do them. It would even surprise me if they'd done tests, like if they'd actually like tried to do some camera tricks and see if they could pull something off. Uh, but there's some good stuff in this. There really is. Like it's it's, it's an impressive array of effects for a movie from 1933. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I was uh, I was really uh, looking for a lot of the the cheats in it and there there are a couple of things that i saw like um the around the end where he has the wrap around his head you can still see like his nostrils through it sure yeah at one point but for the most part like they're, they're pretty great like they really hold up well i imagine you know with the quality that we watch it in now with hd remasters mm. and stuff that it's a lot easier to spot the stuff than it was when it first came out uh, that's that's kind of true because the weird thing is though is that film is actually very high quality um in 35 millimeter film which most films are shown on well where anyway before digital you know changed everything um is actually you know higher quality than hd like you know there's a reason why like movies are still looking better in 4k it's because the film that they come from is actually that high quality um yeah of course it varied from theater to theater because the, the prints got worn down so if you saw something after it'd been out for a while yeah, it probably would look worse than, you know, like what we're seeing today. But arguably, when it first released, you know, that that first like weekend that came out, say, like, it would actually 
potentially be better than what we're seeing today. Now, of course, there's a lot of factors as well. If the projectionist is an idiot and doesn't have it focused properly, then that's like another thing that makes it blurry. Or, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of caveats yeah. to this. But in theory, a, a true like new print of the film at the time could have looked as good as at least what we're watching on Blu-ray or whatever. So, um, so I mean, you are right. I just wanted to you know <laughs> like throw in some caveats because no, I'm, I I understand. I mean, I know I, my first Blu-ray I bought was. The 2001 of course it was. Space Odyssey on Blu-ray, of course. And I remember thinking, like, how does it look like it was filmed yesterday? If the only mm. ever, like, ways that I saw it before, they looked... I couldn't read the writing on the wall in the background. But now I can read it because of the digital enhancements to it. And it's like, oh, well, clearly they, they didn't reshoot everything or, like, <laughs> sub in a different background. So yeah. that you can read the sign now. It's because it's film already has great yeah, quality. They just are able to bring that great quality to digital format instead of yeah on film. Yeah, yeah. Film's actually really high quality. Um, you know, especially mm-hmm. you know thirty five or up. And I think actually two thousand one, if I remember right, is actually not thirty five. That was shot on like sixty five millimeter. So that was even better. That's essentially IMAX of the the time. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that movie looks gorgeous. No, I agree. I because that was not the first Blu-ray I bought. I think the first Blu-ray I bought was Batman Begins, but 2001, along with Clockwork Orange, Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket, and what was the other Kubrick one that they always do? Shining. Um, mm-hmm. all, all the Warner Brothers ones they always release. Like, uh, those were like the I, I got all like five or six of those movies they put out as like my like fourth through ninth Blu-rays. Like, I, I got them all at the same time. Like right at the start, they're, they're, you know, when I had like one little shelf of Blu-rays, two thousand one yeah. was there. Uh, Kubrick is the way to go. Basically, I'm just sucking up because I know it's Tower's favorite movie. Um, but, <laughs> um, but you know that that was back when every disc I was putting in, I was like, whoa, I was like seeing the movie again for the first time. Everything looks better yeah. and beautiful, and oh, it's great. Um, so yeah, I mean, watch movies in one Blu-ray in black and white. There's, there's this weird misconception as well since we're talking about the Invisible Man that black and white doesn't benefit as much from from hd and like 4k and things like that and it's the most ridiculous thing ever if anything it ends up looking even better (laughs) oh man so some black and white movies look gorgeous and hd true i mean when we watched um day the earth stood still too that looked great oh it did yeah um and and i love her at that point now with hd obviously 4k is a thing now in 4k's in those early stages where only some of the biggest movies of all time are in 4k you know from the past um mm-hmm. and i just sort of slowly starting to do more and more but i'm glad we're at the point now with with blu-ray and just the 1080p where yeah little movies like that that not as many people talk about can be had in that quality you know this is nice that that and if only the abyss would finally make its way to 1080p maybe cameron will do like an anniversary edition or something well it was the 30th <laughs> anniversary of this year so oh i know I think this. you brought that up before i know this because it's the same age as me <laughs> so it's easy to know when the anniversaries are so if it's not this year we're waiting till i'm 35 the bastard that's all right it'll be right before the titanic the fifth or not fifth titanic fifth avatar film comes out the fifth avatar in five years that's a bit optimistic i think <laughs> but uh yeah so no, Invisible Man, uh, 
it holds up like honestly i think this this one holds up maybe the best out of all of those those universal monster movies i think mm-hmm. everything that makes it charming and funny is still equally charming and funny none of it is dated yeah oh i agree i love that um they just acknowledge that he's naked <laughs> yeah they, no, they mentioned because he, he says he's getting really cold all the time <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny yeah. because obviously that would be like a, such a taboo to do in 1933 and obviously they get away with yeah. it because there's no one really standing there but the power of imagination is a thing like you know it's like I know when it's just like the t- the one shirt that he's wearing and yeah. like no pants like, yeah he's, <laughs> he's flapping like about it around and stuff I'm like oh my god remember that, that scene in, remember that scene in Hollow Man where Kevin Bacon's thing was flapping around in infrared that's what's happening right now he's dancing around <laughs> it's flapping <laughs> You see Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan, it was flapping around. It's flapping. <laughs> it's all in your mind, but it's there. So they get away with it. <laughs> and this movie, this movie's like a PG. Like, it's literally like rated as a PG. I mean, obviously, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. I'm just, you know, it's in your head. If anyone stops to think about it, it's there. Yep. So. No, I liked it. I liked the movie a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad. Holds up really well. I agree. It's an absolute classic. So uh, we'll get the spoiler warning. Um, I, so full spoilers for The Invisible Man from 1933. Some people think it's stupid to give a spoiler warning for a movie this old. I think that anyone should have the option of opting out before spoilers start, no matter what the movie. No, totally. Yeah. So, uh, but as always these days now, uh, before we actually start the spoiler section, Tara, how can people support uh, everything we do? You can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV and donate as well as a dollar per month, and you'll get a bunch of bonus features for doing it, including access to some behind-the-scenes footage that <laughs> Peter's starting to put up. Uh, bonus bits, <laughs> I'm calling that, yeah. Uh, basically, if, if we tangent for a long time in an episode and I think it drags the pace, I'll cut it out, but I'll still put it on, up in Patreon as a bonus for the $1 patrons, so... Uh, it's gonna be so many ace ones <laughs> all we do is tangent well yeah there's, so i put up the first one earlier today but there was actually two from the same episode so there's another one going up tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for one dollar you get that and then you get an extra episode every month in fact what we're doing right after we do this is recording this month's bonus episode well last month's actually by the time this actually goes up it'll be last month's bonus episode so hope you enjoyed the leviathan discussion um Woo-hoo. But uh, for your $1 or more. Uh, but yeah, so uh, go to patreon.com slash TV. Uh, but we will get into Invisible Man now. The movie starts uh, with uh, uh, Jack, right? It was Jack was his name. I just I keep yeah, calling him Invisible Jack. Man. Uh, so Jack's walking through the snow. And I, I love this as an atmosphere. You know, he's going through the cold snow. He's got, you know, his bandages on his hat. He's, he's glasses and he's he's all bundled. And he gets to the the, the, you know, the end, the, the, the bed and breakfast. And it's a pretty lively place. There's a lot of regulars in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some character stuff going on. There's, there's a guy with the piano and he's like, he's like taking a bow. And then this, the guy sitting next to the piano puts in like a little coin. And then it starts playing on its own to show that he's not really <laughs> playing it. And he turns around really quickly and starts to try to pretend that he's playing it. And everyone's laughing at him. Just little things like that. Yeah, a lot of good character. <laughs> a, lot, a little bit of character. Like I said, the landlady's very notable because she's so, like, kind of high-strung and, like, well, very well, sir. Yes, we could we could have a, a room for you, sir. <laughs> uh, and then she shrieks a lot, of course. But he, he comes in and he wants a room, and it's weird because they're not used to giving out the rooms uh, during the winter. It's usually just the summer people come and rent the rooms. So the thing's a little bit weird, but she's like, okay, fine, you really want it. And they set him up. 
and he's here because he wants to do experiments he's got his lab kit with him he's got all his beakers and test tubes and yeah, all, all these little, little you know swirly <laughs> tubes and everything else that a scientist every good all scientist his science needs. equipment yeah yes so he can science. <laughs> so he can science. <laughs> I brought science! Um, so he, he's basically trying to find the anecdote because he's already made himself invisible, so he's looking for the anecdote so he can switch back and forth. And he insists that no one come and see him. So what this leads to, which is really nice, is that the, the, the crowd and the, 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 the pub start to kind of like almost vocalize for the audience what everyone's kind of thinking, like, oh, why, why? is he a criminal? Is he on the run? Is that why he wants privacy? Like, what what's going on here? Like, I bet, I bet he's a, a fiend, or I bet he's this. And even, obviously, we know the title of the movie. We expect him to be invisible, but it adds to the kind of the build-up to finally seeing it, because they're all kind of, like, speculating why. why. You know, why does he want all this, all this privacy the way he does? Yeah. So, it's really neat. I like it. Uh, yeah, and I think it's smart to start it off in the winter, because, like, somebody walking through the snow would be entirely covered up from head to toe. Absolutely, yeah. No, you're right. It's like, oh yeah, maybe it's just because he's cold. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just to protect his face. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's, you know, being weird. <laughs> right. Um, but of course, when he comes in the, the building, he doesn't like pull it down and show his mouth. He just stays as he is and walks up and asks for his room. Uh, so yeah, sure enough. And we do get a glimpse of his mouth briefly because she brings him in some food, but she forgets the mustard. Uh tells the other girl off for it. Oh, imagine forgetting his mustard and he wants to be left alone. And he goes <laughs> in and she shrieks when she sees him because he's got, he's got his mouth uncovered so he can eat. And he's like, ah, and he holds up the, the, the napkin. And he's like, I told you not to disturb me. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's imperative that I be left alone to do my work. You know, he's very, Claude Rage is great. <laughs> he's so animated. Yeah, he's great. I, I rewound this scene a couple of times to, because it goes so fast. And I yeah. thought, I wonder if I could see anything because it's the first time we get to see anything that would be mm. invisible. But it's just, I think he's just wearing black. Really? But it okay. looks really good because it happens so fast. It happens so fast you had to get away with it. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Tara going slit and freeze for a minute. Like, I'm going to see, I'm going to see if he's actually invisible here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too thrilled with this. I was just curious, you know, we <laughs> haven't seen any. That was the first shot of him being invisible or some part of him being invisible. So mm. I wanted to see what it looked like. <laughs> I what they should have done as a joke, given we were making all those penis jokes, is they should have had him go to the toilet and just unzip and just sort of stand there. The idea being that his penis is invisible, but, <laughs> but it just... <laughs> maybe in a sequel. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. I've never seen the sequels, actually. Uh, reason for us to do them at some point, I suppose. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, so that, then we get introduced to the other characters we kind of get to know in the film, which is his kind of, not partner, but like him and this, uh, this, this Kemp. Uh, Kemp's also into Flora, and Flora's very worried because because Jack's ran off and they don't know where he is, and her father, because her father's uh, Dr. Uh, Cranley, the, the guy that they both work for, and he's like, oh, I'm sure he's fine, dear. There's nothing to worry about. Um, this is back when every movie, like every like main character's family, were always really rich. It was always in a mansion, and they're always like high society, uh, with a nice suits on, and like every, everything's do or die. She's like, oh, my poor Jack is away. Oh, I'm so worried. Oh, I'm a fiend. Yeah, you're right. But like, I love the way that Jack still dresses himself even when he's invisible in oh, like sure. this super rich outfits and such 
Oh no, it's really funny on him. I was just talking about the rest of them when we meet them. Is that this is how they all are? Yeah. Um, I did note down though that she, because uh, Kemp basically goes to her and he's like, "Well, Jack's been gone for like at least twelve hours now. It's time to make my move." And he goes in <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, Flora, I must tell you how I feel about you. I must know how you feel in return. I must tell you." And she just sort of stands up. What she says is like, "Leave me alone! How can you?" And then she runs off. It's interesting because they're really studying him up to be the antagonist to Jack, but mm. Jack is the villain. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely, he's the villain. Um, <laughs> I mean, Kem's maybe a little weaselly at times, but not by much. Like he's 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 a fairly innocent guy in all this, outside of maybe trying to ask out Flora, like within hours of Jack being gone. <laughs> but... Yeah, and she like calls him out on it too. Like, how dare you? <laughs> Basically. Yes, I mean, don't we? It's it's a very nineteen thirties. How dare you? You make me faint, uh, kind of thing. But <laughs> I'm so flustered. Oh dear. Oh, hysterical women. <laughs> women be fainting. Yeah, it's probably because they lose so much blood. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to ask about that. What, what exactly you were getting that with that joke? Uh, <laughs> i thought it was obvious i think it's Period. fairly obvious i i'll be honest I, I kind i kind of went first to the fact that they tend to be wearing corsets in the olden days and that, that was about circulation but then it kind of clicked you were probably just making a period joke and i thought oh, okay it's just menstruating all right um well, we've already established he's not wearing a corset true. that's how i know it's modern Mod- modern <laughs> You, t- you tell me you were in the 17th, 17th century did not get periods. <laughs> Menstruation is a modern invention. <laughs> is that what you're saying to me? No. <laughs> not at all. I need you to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, he, we do interest these characters and we come back to uh, back to Jack and it's time has passed to try to charge him and you know she wants him kicked out because he gets so upset that she tries to come in the room that he ends up like making her drop like all of her like her, her china or cutlery uh and her, her plates and whatnot and she's so upset that she goes to her husband and demands that he throw him out and get, get you know make sure he pays and get rid of him because i don't want him here anymore so he goes in and he's like now you listen here yeah you're the wife so you have to go uh yeah you're right now yeah yeah he's like I came here for peace and quiet to do my work. It is imperative that I be left alone. Go away, you cretin, you filthy, poor beggar. Uh, or something to that effect, uh, is what he says. And he ends up pushing him down the stairs. Uh, which then makes the landlady screech again. She's like, Rah! Police! Call police! So they go get a policeman. Nailed it thank you um and then i i noted down what the policeman's response was because it, because to come outside and say oh this awful man he's, he's a cretin he threw my husband down the stairs and the policeman's response is like oh and then he comes <laughs> like he just they're so british it's a very nonchalant <laughs> just kind of like oh all right then i'll come in and have a look see right, cheerio <laughs> <laughs> bob's your uncle <laughs> hey you can probably do a better english accent than i can as, as much as many people watching or listening to this might think I have a similar accent, I do not. I cannot do English at all. No. Yeah. You no. can only do John Hammond's voice. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. Welcome 
to Jurassic Park. Oh, slight tangent. Did you see there's like a Jurassic World short uh, film, short film that was released? I did see it existed. I haven't looked, ball looking up yet, but yeah, it was weird. Like Colin Trevorrow directed it. Yeah. <laughs> How weird. I don't know. Odd. Very odd. Anyway, um, tangent over. Tangent over. Yeah, that's not one we'll cut out and put in Patreon. That one's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like. Um, so I love all this stuff. I love, you know, the policeman coming up. He's got his baton out. Because um, this is, of course, uh, not a place where police are carrying guns uh, all the time. <laughs> he's got his baton. He's ready to give him a whack. Right? And he's like, all right then, son, you're coming with me then. Uh, coming down to the station, come quietly or I'll have to cuff you. That's just kind of his attitude. Um, and again, I still sound Scottish. I'm doing kind of the gruff version of his voice, but with my own accent, because I can't do the English accent. Um, it's it's in the ballpark. I mean, most of the Americans won't even know the difference. It's fine. <laughs> so so he he's like oh so you want to see me then you'd like to see me well i'll show you and he starts like oh, taking off his bandages and it's this great visual effect as he's taking off his bandage. you just see more and more of the empty space i will say there is like there's one tell here that kind of like gives away kind of the not that it, obviously it's an effect but it like, gives away the 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 crudity the, the, how, how crud is crudity a word not isn't the the crudness the crudness of the effect is crudness a word yeah, I think so. Yeah, goodness, yeah. Okay. Let us know in the comments. Is that a real word? Uh, uh, so, but it's, uh, so he's talking, he's, he's constantly talking, and you can see his mouth's moving up and down as he's talking the whole time, until the effect of him, like, where he's at, you can see through his eyes, and then it's, it's clearly just like a, like a hollow puppet they've got with yeah. the, the bandages on it, so his mouth stops moving for, like, a couple of lines, and it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I can see kind of the fault in here. Is to, you know to get the tell of how you're doing this, but uh, it's still it's fun still though. It's still pretty good though. Yeah, no, it's still good, especially once he starts like moving around the room, and he's still got his like shirt on or whatever. Um, and then of course he starts messing around with them because because he you know he 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 pushes the cop and the cop goes down the stairs. Is like, all right, well if if he if he gets out of that room, we'll never catch him. So we have to go up and take him in. Like, I need I need a bunch of volunteers. To, you know, come up, man, come up with me. And you get some of the you know the, the bar patrons to come up. Um, and they're trying to like corner him in the room and he's just playing with them. He's like pushing them around. He's, he's hitting them here, he's hitting them there. And they think they've got him cornered, but he just goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, well, he doesn't. He, he he pretends to go out the window and when the cop goes over, he's like, oh, you think I'd jump out the window like some... I don't know what he says. Some, some whatever. But again, it's very funny. He's very, he's very maniacally charming with the way he talks. It's almost like a predecessor to Mark Hamill's Joker sometimes, like the, the, the way his voice goes. <laughs> I could not stop thinking about the Invisible Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the Invisible Maniac uh, actually names himself as well. I'm the Invisible Maniac! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Same idea, right? Like, he goes crazy because he takes his drug and makes him invisible, but at a cost. Yeah, at the cost of his sanity. Um where he thinks he's because basically what happens we find out that the the, the key ingredient to his uh has has chemicals that done done this to him uh also makes him go insane so that's why he's going power mad and crazy so i guess they're implying that he was actually a nice enough person before he took it like he was fine before and then he's went crazier as as times went on uh invisible maniac yeah. of course by contrast his entire goal in life was just to rip the tops off of, of women uh that, that was his entire thing 
from yeah. start to finish. His only reason for becoming invisible was so that he could voyeur. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was just boobs as well. It was never anything else. It was just the boobs. Mm. He was very specific about. Although his, there were plenty of butts in the scene. Oh yeah, and some but of the shower was, scenes yeah, and he whatnot. He was a boob guy. But he was definitely a boob guy. Um, I'm still, I'm still impressed with the. Uh, there's, there's actually one moment in this where I'm going to kind of ask a similar thing. Not, not the exact same thing, but one of my my comments on the Invisible Maniac. And if you're if you're wondering where you can hear all my comments about the Invisible Maniac, it was the first ever Patreon exclusive episode that we did of Screams After Midnight. So for one dollar per month, you can get access to the, that library <laughs> and you can go and listen to me and Tim talk about the Invisible Maniac, a movie that sounds so great that Tara immediately sought out the movie after she heard us talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but so one Did of my not disappoint yeah one of my comments in that yeah it's a really great bad movie but one of my comments in that was that there was points in that movie where he like pinned a woman's arms against a, like a wall like he clearly had one arm in one wrist one arm in the other he had her pinned up against the wall and then somehow mm-hmm. whilst all bo- holding both hands in place against the wall ripped off a shirt which by the way he's so lucky that none of the women in this movie wore a bra like every single one of them as soon as the shirt was ripped boobs and I'm like, how is he doing he's this? Very talented man. Does he have like? <laughs> is he's using like a foot for one of the arms? Has he got like his foot up in the wall, and then he's like using the, the one free hand to rip the shirt? Like it, it, it was very athletic. So many questions unanswered. Very, very, very uh, stretchy man is my only mm. conclusion I can draw from this. And he was, was pretty gangly. Yeah, and there was there was one moment in this where I had a similar thing where the Invisible Man. So it's when a. Uh, so after all this, like he gets away, of course, and he, he leaves, and he, he has a lot of fun the way out, of course. He like throws a bike at people, he, he throws a broom, like it is like a, cl- a traditional old school broom that a witch would have, uh, and he throws it at someone, and he's just he's just maniacally commenting things and laughing. It's just a really great mm-hmm. fun sequence. It's really funny, um, but you know, he, basically, no one believes this cop, this police officer, uh, that there's an invisible man his, his superior just assumes that he was drinking at the bar and that's why that's why he's he thinks he's seen this and like every witness he, so there's a scene where he comes down to the pub and he's talking to all the, the various witnesses all the men and he's, he's talking to one and the guy's like oh i'd had a couple of drinks but you know, something definitely knocked off my hat he's like so you had a couple of drinks and augusta wind knocked off your hat all right done right you're ruled out and he's just he just doesn't believe anyone and then the invisible man who's back here to steal his research back because he, he didn't take any of his notes with him um he, he he somehow gets on presumably on top of the table that they're all sitting at, even though they're all sitting around the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, everybody's super crowded. Yeah. There's no room for him to like get in there. But he picks Otherwise. up the uh, the pot of ink and throws it in the the constable's face, and it's like you know he laughs and it's like and, it's the, and I'm like the only way he could have done this is if he's like actually standing on top of the table probably because mm-hmm. like everyone's so like they're, they're all like shoulder to shoulder around the table. There's no yeah. gap. So yeah. Well, there's another scene also after the bank where like a crowd of people swarm him to like grab money that he's thrown out and like the, 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 the till or whatever is still floating above the crowd. Like, where is he standing? <laughs> is he totally smothered? Is he on top of do all you, those people? Do you call that a till as well? Mm-hmm. I thought you called that a register. I, yeah, register or till. I thought till usually was... the till is just the part that pops out. We call the whole like thing the till. The tray. We we call the whole cash register a till. So which is why I was mm-hmm. I, I was just I'd never heard an American use that term before, um, or Canadian, in disguise. <laughs> Tara, Canadian in disguise. Tara, 
more than meets the eye. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's okay. I like that song. <laughs> Your name doesn't really fit the... Uh, I don't want to give your last name away because I, I need the extra syllables to make it work, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, um, I wish to remain anonymous, if not invisible. <laughs> oh, invisible Tara. That does sound like a nightmare. You got up to all sorts of mischief. <laughs> Oh, we should have started this review off camera. We should have you should have just head over there. I could have head over there and just like talk from the side. It'd be great. Because I can bring the mic around like this. Is. Just two empty chairs. Hi, Tara. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I'm <laughs> Damn it! That's a golden idea. I am pissed that I didn't do that. <laughs> If only there was a way to edit this. <laughs> then we'd have to edit this out and redo the intro. It, it'd be a whole... That's a whole to do. Yeah. I, I think it's funnier. I, I, I think it's funnier if they just if they just hear us. Me, be, hear, hear me be upset that I didn't do it. I think that's more <laughs> amusing to people. Anyway, uh, so he actually goes to, goes to uh, uh, Kemp. He goes to Kemp's, you know, the big house where Kemp lives. And... He, you know, because Kemp's like sitting down, there's people over the news uh, talking about the possibility. What I liked about it though is that this is before anyone believes it. This is when, you know, this is like pre-proof. And what they're actually saying is, is that there's like a mass delusion going on where lots of people think that they've seen, they think there's an invisible man around. So it's like, oh no, there's a disease going around where people are having these delusions. And I like mm-hmm. that. I like that they actually went through that sort of pace. Because this is the sort of thing where I almost expect in a movie from this era to just have everyone believe it immediately. <laughs> Because it's just that type of right. But I mean, if you're taking it seriously at all, like who could believe that? Exactly. Yeah. But there's so many like horror and sci-fi movies from this kind of era where I feel like the characters believe things far too quickly. Like it's kind of a trope of the time. Hey, they did it in The Invisible Maniac, and that was like what early '90s, late '80s. I believe that was exactly 1990, for a call. 1990. Yeah. Yep. I was one year old. Little did I know that one of my favorite movies... Why are movies... you obsessed with talking about your age? I'm not obsessed with that. We talk about... Is this because I told you don't talk about my age before we started recording? <laughs> no. No. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I just associate years after I was born with whatever age I was at that time, okay? I don't think that's that weird. All right. Tara's age is confidential. I've agreed to keep it locked in the, the male fuzz vault. Whatever. I think everyone knows if they've listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and censor the other episodes. Whenever there's a reference to what your age or if it's something that could work it out, I'll just be like, bleep! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll demand it when I renew my contract. <laughs> Tara is 30, bleep! <laughs> or would you like them not to know that even the decades or the, 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 the that 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 okay. range? My thirties is fine. Okay. <laughs> Tara is bleep teen. What? She doesn't look good for her age. <laughs> Unnecessary censorship can lead to a lot of laughs. Um, best segment on Jimmy Kimmel. So, yeah. So I, I like this, and and uh, you know, uh, Jack shows up and. He is invisible, and he starts smoking in front of him, and you know, and Kim's just like in shock. He's just watching in shock. He's like, he can't even say a word. It's it's a long time before he says it. He just kind of points to things and kind of nods, and his just mouth is a gape. 
And Jack's yeah, like, okay, it's fine. It's a fun scene to watch, too, because we get to see the cigarette light and yeah, go yeah. be smoked and the smoke come up around him. Yeah, no, so really, it's, it's, in terms of the effects, this is one of the, the highlight scenes. And he, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, okay, we'll get, go get me a robe and some bandages because if you can see me, you'll, you won't feel as weird, even though, you know, I'm invisible underneath. Like, you know, you'll feel better. And he's like, yeah, I need a partner. And even though it's, but it's not like a choice thing. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I need a partner. So you're going to be my errand boy. You're going to wait me at this time. Don't talk to anyone. But we've got a job first tonight. We've got a job to go and do. Which is when he goes and does the ink thing. He's away to get his research back. And, you know, and this is where we hear a lot of things. We hear about some of the rules. You know, he can't go out in the rain. Uh, you know, he has to be careful. About so- even even dirt under his fingernails could be an issue and give him away. Um you know things like that and it's, a lot of this stuff is really fun stuff that obviously they can't show in the time period but it's great to know they were thinking about it like they were thinking about all the ways that he could sort of be given given away right um, obviously it's something where it's something like hollow man that we mentioned before uh where you know 1999 effects or 2000 effects so okay we can do the water hitting them kind of thing mm-hmm. although i bet you that play doesn't look that good now i, I i'm sure that I, I remember it being impressive but at the time sure but the whole t- film probably doesn't hold up very well Nah, probably not. Probably we'll not. We'll have to do it eventually. It's sci-fi. Yeah, we can do it. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so fun stuff. And they go back. And there's a great thing where he tells them, like, oh, I'm going to sleep now. We're going to do this tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And you have to come and wake me. Come and give me more food at this time in the morning. Um, and this is after he's just fed him as well because he's just, like, finishing up his food. And... There's a great moment where he goes downstairs and he looks at the telephone and he almost like picks it up, but he kind of like backs away and it's like, oh, he's so scared of him because he doesn't know if he's in the room. Like he could have snuck down and be watching him. Yeah, um, it really is terrifying. Like the yeah. idea that you know somebody it, who wants to kill you <laughs> or <laughs> is in the room with you, but you can't see them. Yeah, because they really play with it for the rest. Because once the police do get involved after this. And they they put like a bulletin on the radio and they're looking for him. It does get very interesting. All the little ways they try and combat the fact that he's invisible. You know, there's a point mm-hmm. where when they're forming a plan, they have like you know like ten men like lay in the edge of the room with a net and walk from one side to the other to make sure that he's not in the room listening to the plan. Yeah, like it's a really fun little bit beast like that. But no, no, this is the inventive stuff where they thought about it. They thought about how maybe they could tackle it. And what would the police actually do? Um, admittedly, a lot of it goes out the window when one idiot cop mistakes a cat for an invisible person and is sure that the invisible man is beyond the wall because they've put like a like like just a bit of earth at the top of this wall at the police the, in front of the police station, and the idea being that he'll kick the dirt when he goes up there, and then they're going to throw like paint on him so they can see him. But this poor cat gets covered in black paint instead, and I'm like, God damn you, poor kitty. Okay, I was not happy about that. Happy no. about that. But it's the, the the funness of of uh, of Claude Rains and his delivery of stuff. It's him laughing at the police as he's going because this is the thing. They've got this whole plan where they're going to take because because he says he's going to kill a camp. He's like, oh no, you you know you you're the one who ratted me out. That's why the police are here tonight because uh, he does eventually rat, rat him out. Although he does call uh you know uh, Doctor Cranley first, and Flora comes over and has a little chat with him. Um, but he's like, I'm going to kill you tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, which is very Joker, actually. It's just, it's kind of funny. I, I almost wonder if uh, the Joker is actually inspired a little bit by by the Invisible Man because hmm, the, the very first ever uh, comic that the Joker was in, which was Batman issue one, which is not the first ever Batman comic. Batman appeared in Detective Comics 27. Detective, uh, yeah. And that was going for a little, about a year or whatever before Batman number one came out. 
but joker's in batman number one and the plot of that at least one of because there's two joker stories in it uh but the plot of it is that he he announces that he's going to kill someone at a time like that night so the police are like around trying to protect the person it's like oh how's he going to do it and they actually used a little bit of that in the dark night uh, there's a whole sequence in the middle of that where they know he's like going after some people and they're trying to like protect the judge and the like the the, the lawyer whoever it is uh, and harvey dent's like the third one that he doesn't get but like so they actually used a little bit of batman issue one uh at least in terms of inspiration for that movie and i'm just wondering because the, the thing here is like no i'm going to kill you tomorrow at 10 o'clock and the police are trying to deal with that and like use them as bait like i have to wonder like was there a little bit of inspiration when, when they were writing batman mm-hmm. issue one like did this inspire that that plot beat yeah probably yeah i just it occurred to me as i was watching uh but they've got this whole thing where they're going to change the costume of uh you know they're going to like bring, bring kemp at the police station and then change him into a police uniform so he can sneak out the back and the visible man won't know he's there but then of course when he's driving away afterwards after he's left the other police like you just hear claude rain start speaking to him from the back seat he's like i was standing next to you when you were changing your clothes like i was there the whole time like you you didn't have a chance uh mm-hmm. and he, he dies he goes off a cliff uh in the car and uh we get some pyrotechnics Pretty decent explosion yeah yeah uh so no it's, it's like yeah i mean honestly my only real complaint about the movie the only thing that i think kind of drags it down a little bit is that the ending is very quick like you know like basically he goes into a farm farmer's barn and the farmer like he goes in there to sleep on the hay and the farmer like sort of catches him breathing and goes and tells the police and then we just have like a final showdown at the farm like it's, it's very random it's very just like oh okay time to end the movie so yeah that's how we catch him uh, i don't even catch him that's how we kill him uh but it's snowing now so they circle around the barn a big circle of police and they intentionally no, like no leave the snow untouched as best we can so that the only footsteps are his and this is actually probably the visual effect that impressed me the most in this in this movie is definitely the, the i was wondering how they did it yeah there's probably some stuff in the extras even i should probably watch them but there's a uh, footsteps in the snow and then when they shoot him uh noticeably no blood which would have actually been nice to see like the blood hit the hit the snow because you know the red i mean obviously it's black and white but like mm-hmm. the red like contrasting with the white even in black and white is a really nice visual i mean they could have done blood right if they wanted to because all quiet on the western front was only like a couple years before this and they had blood in that they had like limbs that were cut off yeah they, i mean maybe they could have maybe it was like a maybe maybe they get away with it in a war movie because oh it's historical like we're doing something like you know i, I feel like maybe a war movie gets away with more just because of the subject but mm. uh but even when he, when he gets shot though he he like falls down there's like a sort of big big impression that lands in the snow so it's a really nice effect like the whole thing looks really good i was i was quite imp- you know, i hadn't seen this in a while and i'd forgotten how good this stuff at the end looked so as much as i yeah. think the ending's right. rushed looked i great i think the effect is itself is is great so uh no happy with that uh so and of course uh he, he he's not quite dead yet he's dying he's in the hospital flora comes to see him and uh sort of says his goodbye and he 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 becomes visible so we see claude rains at the very end of the film he becomes uh whole as he as he, as he dies uh, and that's where it's the end um yeah and the plane goes round. the only the time we ever see his face yeah right before he dies joe so i was ready to call shenanigans at the start because there was like hair sticking through his bandages and i'm like what the hell is this he shouldn't have hair sticking through his bandages, but it's a wig he takes it off he's I'm got like, a wig on yeah enough. i noticed it too fair enough uh you thought of everything movie you thought of everything 
No, it's, it's a delightful little movie. Like, Claude Rains is energetic. He's constantly infectious with both his laughter and his, like, maniacal behavior. And that's where I really get to the idea that he's kind of a prototype for the Joker, where he feels like all the stuff he does is a bit more jovial than the Joker, even, because it's not as, you know, murdery most of the time, at least. Mm-hmm. But it's good. And, it, you know, it feels, it feels kind of dark in places, just what it's hinting at, even if it doesn't outright do the dark things outside of one murder. Yeah. I was really impressed with the movie, especially with the effects. I just thought for this time, it must have been such a, a fun challenge for them mm. to to make this film. I just with all the set pieces that have to move around on their own. And there's I mean, it happens. We don't see Claude Rains until the very end. Like he's yeah. invisible for. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure I'm sure for whenever he's in the bandages, he is probably him playing, playing him still. He's probably, he's probably still in the, the, the costume, but. We don't know for sure. Well, yeah, I believe it is him. But I mean, like, for so much of the film, like, he's not even wearing clothes. He's invisible and moving around. And there are a ton of set pieces then that we go through where he has to, like, there's, like, a barn, outdoor, indoor scenes. Um, yeah, because it's a... Inkwells and... It's that... Go ahead. I was gonna say it's that scene where he he leaves uh, camp at the window and he goes round to the front of the the pub. That's the that's the shot I was talking about that felt almost like a POV scene in a killer movie where the camera mm-hmm. was just going from the the back to the front door, uh, and I was I was almost ashamed that it didn't go through the door in one shot. But I guess that was a limitation maybe at the time. Um, that this was you know, this was before Citizen Kane invented a lot of <laughs> cinema cinema techniques. Um mm. and other movies obviously took things further, but um, but Joe is Joe. The one thing that's missing from this, in a realism perspective, is that at no point does he use his invisibility to do anything sexual or you know spy on anyone like that. And here's the thing, though, is I'm not, I did think about that too. Yeah, like, but because he, he was insane. Like, yeah, he wasn't insane, and he probably would have gone a little pervy. But here's here's the thing, though, is that is despite the fact that this obviously came first. That is the one thing that every Invisible Man movie has done since this, you know, or at least since mm-hmm. this era. Like, you know, Invisible Maniac, as we said, is all about boobs. Hollow Man has a very vicious scene in it uh, where he decides to 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 sexually assault someone outright. Um, like, it's something that's done, and like, there's at least even if it's a joke, you're just looking at boobs scene. Every Invisible Person story brings this subject up it almost felt refreshing watching this and it never even coming up that he might do something perverted i was expecting it (laughs) yeah i mean why wouldn't you why else would you go invisible (laughs) (laughs) well we find out that he wants to sell it to government so that at least so basically he's he's going to make one country on the earth like the most powerful country because they're going to have an invisible army that's his plan Mm. which actually makes me go hey you're a bit of a dick then because you're you're effectively handing a victory and like dominance and a dictatorship over to someone for for a price (laughs) one thing that i thought would have been interesting to explore is because we know the serum makes him mad because Mm. he used it on a dog and the dog went mad but if they didn't have that in there then we can question if if it's a side effect of the serum that makes you mad yeah or if it's just having the power of being invisible that makes you do the wrong things like is it just Mm. human nature to do something like that if you had no consequences of being caught no that's a good question it's definitely something that obviously other invisible stories have, have tackled i i think yeah i mean you could argue that them putting in that that very 
I don't want to say ironclad because I mean it's not a hundred percent. But putting in that 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 story about the dog and what happened to the dog on this on this 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 flower, uh, the main ingredient, um, does kind of give the character this kind of out almost where okay yeah. no it's like okay it, to us it's crazy that Flora is so in love with him but by all accounts what we hear is that he was actually a normal person before this happened like he was actually a, a decent enough that guy you know he, he wasn't mm-hmm. crazy um but we never get to see that and i i don't necessarily even want to i kind of like that when we first meet him he's already like you know this this mysterious no, we, we character we start in media's rest we don't yeah. need the origin story yeah yeah um, and I'm okay with that, but the one thing that it kind of uh, leaves out is the idea that we don't know what it was like, we don't get to see what it was like before, so because of that, we just go on purely this story about the dog going crazy, and it, you know, the implication that he also is going crazy because of the of the, the, the drug that he took to, to achieve this, mm-hmm. and maybe that just makes it a little bit too cut and dry, a bit too easy, maybe you'd like a bit more ambiguity as to, you know, is he going crazy, or is this just was he always this way? Is this just having the power? You know, whatever you want to go down. Like, mm-hmm. is it any of those things? No, it's a good question. It is definitely something. But to, to its credit, I think this explores a lot. For, for the first essential try of an invisible character on cinema, like, I feel like it explores a lot of the things that you would want it to. Like, it, has, it plays it plays around with that. In fact, I'd even mentioned my favorite, well, one of my favorite shots in the movie is after he escapes from the house when the police come to get him and he, you know, he promises that he's going to kill Kemp uh, the police try to form a wall outside and he gets past them and he like pulls the guy's trousers off there's a shot of him skipping down the road and just wearing these trousers that he's stolen from the policeman yeah uh, singing a song yeah. and it's just this delightfully manical <laughs> funny shot i love it so much yeah you're right it is incredibly just goofy to watch it's really yeah. funny yeah but to, to its credit, it never goes over a line where it feels just too silly to take seriously. It never becomes Invisible Maniac. Yeah. And I love Invisible Maniac. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in every case. But Well, yeah, I love it too, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. There are right. different types of films. Very different reasons. I came all the way from Sweden, whatever the line Belgium. was. Belgium. Belgium is Belgium, you're right. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. I will say this, Invisible Maniac has the perfect final scene for that film. Love it or hate it, that final shot is the exact final shot that movie should have had. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it talking about this classic, The Invisible Man. We've somehow brought up The Invisible Maniac like five times. Uh, I, <laughs> I love it. I mean, they're so comparable. <laughs> Mad scientist takes serum to make him go invisible. Yeah. They both have great laughs. Yes. Although this film never quite gets into his weirdly abusive mother and how that's like really messed him up for how he communicates to the opposite sex for the rest of his life. Well, that's because this one doesn't have as many layers as <laughs> its subtext. <laughs> as the invisible maniac. Yeah. Um, you know what? The effects are really fun. Uh, Claude Rains is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the characters reacting to stuff, you know, like... I mean, the only time I could really like point at and say it felt a little bit hokey is when the the first policeman's pretending to be choked because obviously he's just pretending because he's invisible. Um, it's the only time where I kind of looked at it and went, "Yeah, this is an actor kind of pretending to be choked," as opposed to, you know, looking like it's really he's really being choked. Yeah. Sometimes the shrieking was a bit much too. Sure. Oh, that, that was making me laugh in a kind of funny, like a fun kind of. This is silly, like how much shrieking yeah. is happening. It did. It did set the tone. Yeah. Uh, it's but, okay to laugh at this. 
but yeah, the effects are, are great, and I think you know even Vader Frankenstein um has a sense of humor to it. Like it's a much funnier mm-hmm. film than the first one, and I think this is oh, truly yeah. James Whale's kind of shtick. He he wanted to go a bit lighter, and I think I think Invisible Man lends itself to that. So, um, Tara, uh, your summary and rating out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad that the. Uh patrons voted for this one because uh it was really worth the watch and there's a reason it's a classic i like watching it just for just for the fun of trying to see where the camera angle is telling you he is yeah where where jack is and then just watching everything move around him and the the effects were incredibly impressive and um it's a really fun watch i think this is uh, an 8.5 yeah it's really creative the direction is actually really like i feel like i don't talk about direction as much with these older movies from like the 30s and 40s because it's from a simpler era so i don't necessarily notice mm-hmm. as much stuff uh you know is a lot of movies have a very similar kind of style to them but this one like they had to kind of like invent how to like handle a character like this because no one yeah at least not many had done it before like if there's an invisible man movie before this feel free to tell me about it um but even if there was had these filmmakers seen that were they aware of this random other invisible person movie that may or may or may not have existed i don't know we're the early days of cinema here you know we were only a few years into the talkies uh, as they were called yeah um so yeah uh no, I'm going to give it a straight nine. I think this movie is a classic. I think it is utterly delightful from start to finish. There is a couple of nitpicks that I can throw at it, but ultimately it is very inventive and it is my favourite of the Universal Monster movies. Uh, and I think it, it uh, watching it again now after several years of not seeing it, uh, it's held up for me. And I'm just reminded of why I loved it in the first place. So, uh, Invisible Man! It's very high scores from us, which is nice because we've had a few weak movies in a yeah. row. <laughs> uh, well, we are doing all the Terminator films, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, two-hour salvation talk last week, which, to, to its credit, I don't think there was very many tangents in that. I feel that was two hours of just raw Terminator salvation talk. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot to say. Yeah. Um and admittedly it's not as impressive with this movie because the movie's only like 75 minutes long but we are verging on the length of it with this review um it's more impressive than the movie's two hours which has happened a couple of times uh but no uh, we're we're basically wrapping up here though um so terminator sorry (laughs) so invisible man uh is is very good film Uh, it's classic if you haven't seen it by all means do so even if you've listened to all the spoilers i don't think we can actually spoil the fun of of seeing actually play out so yeah it's definitely worth watching yeah uh so yeah go go check it out uh so i'll tell you what's coming next week um although we never actually double checked before we started and uh, i like doing that just in case we want to change it last minute but we're going to be locked in now no matter what it is so <laughs> brace yourself tara brace yourself it's probably a time travel movie probably it is in fact 12 monkeys we're doing 12 monkeys oh, good. Uh, next week uh, and that's I th- exciting i haven't seen that since the 90s and I remember really liking it and watching it and thinking I didn't quite understand it, so I can't wait to watch it when I'm older. Yeah, I, I saw it as a teenager, and I don't remember really understanding it very well, so I, I'm excited. And I actually, uh, we spoke about this uh, at some point off-air, 
Uh, and Tara's probably forgotten, but so I'm going to shock her with a little bit of extra work here. <laughs> but um, we are going to watch also the short film that inspired Twelve Monkeys, which is a French short called uh, Legatee, which is translated as The Pier. Um, okay. And I actually really like that short. I saw it a few years ago for the first time on a streaming service. And it's actually told in still images. It's just still images and a, and a narrator. But I think there's like one actual shot of footage and it. Otherwise, it's just all still images. But it's really, it was really good. And it inspired 12 Monkeys. So I think it's a nice little companion to throw in uh, with it. So that'll be instead of the Mystery Science Theater. You'll, I mean, not that we do that every week anyway, but like you'll get Legatee as well as 12 Monkeys. So uh, look forward to that. Um, so that's what's coming. I did forget. You did forget, yeah. I forgot you probably did. Um, but uh, so you can look forward to that next week. And you can, of course, uh, we are going to be doing more Mystery Science Theater. Laser Blast is coming. It is coming. Um, it will, will not be with next week's episode. We can guarantee that. But we'll we'll make an effort to try and maybe squeeze it in with the, the, the following week. We'll get it. We'll get it done. Actually, no, it'll be the week after that. Because there is no way in hell terminator genesis is going to want any extra runtime at the end that that what that is going to be long enough on its own uh so look for 12 monkeys probably will be too probably I think that one's kind of complex and i'm looking forward to seeing it again i'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing how i feel about it now because i didn't like i, I don't remember liking it that much when i saw it uh in my, in my teens but I, I feel like it's one of those movies that i'll probably get a lot more out of now mm-hmm. both just because i'm older but also because i've seen a lot more movies uh yeah that, that'll sort of help my my interpretation of it uh but yeah uh, so look forward to next week tara um why don't you start some of the outro off what can people do oh um you can check out our other reviews on our channel uh the screams after midnight or twilight zone reviews that we do yeah mm-hmm. yeah if you're into old science fiction <laughs> yeah um you can like you can subscribe you can let us know in the comments what you think of the invisible man and you can of course uh, uh rate the podcast on the podcast app that you use apple podcast being the most common one it's really helpful if you give us five stars uh, they share it out a little bit more and more people find us as a result uh, and as we mentioned earlier of course you can go to patreon and get some exclusive episodes that we do once per month and uh you know other content as well and as we mentioned some bonus bits sometimes we'll cut a little chunk out because it's a, kind of a long tangent and it'll go up as a bonus bit uh so Go and have a, a look see i don't think thinking back from the rest of this episode i don't think there was anything i'll cut out and put as a bonus but but you'll never know what i'll find when i actually go digging but i don't remember any long tangents so that is a uh, yeah i don't think so either but that is uh that's basically us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it we love you loads keep watching science fiction films and computer at salsa yum yum